Welcome to City Reach Cumberland's weekly podcast. We hope this message blesses you. For more information about us, you can check us out on the web at cityreachcumberland.com. We, uh, we like to have fun in church. We want to, we want to learn. Anybody want to learn today? Amen. Right. If you don't want to learn, you can go now. Amen. If you want to learn something, hang out. You're going to learn something today. So we're going to talk about probably, if I had to say it, the most quoted verse in the Bible, and it's not John 3.16. It's probably the most quoted verse even by unbelievers. Matter of fact, if I tell it to you right now, you can probably finish it. Judge not, or you will be... I rest my case. Now, you may not know the, 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 the location of that verse, but everybody at some point in time has said that, right? We say, hey, and if you're, if you're like, i got to pick on Pastor Jay because I just heard it. It, it. Some people even quote the old King James, judge not, lest thou be judged, right? But it, it basically says, don't judge, or you're going to be judged. And people like to pull that verse out of context, right? Because Jesus' teaching didn't start or end there. This is the middle of an entire teaching. So a lot of times when people use that verse, they're trying to say, hey, don't judge, lest you be judged. I know I got my issues, but hey, you don't want this coming back on you. You better leave me alone. And a lot of times people will use this verse because they don't want to have to deal with the sin in their life. They don't want to have to deal with the issue that they've been struggling with or, or carrying. And, and as soon as somebody just cracks the door on it, hey, judge not. You know what Jesus said? What did Jesus say? Don't judge or you're going to be judged. Well, it's completely out of context because just a little bit later, even in the passage we're going to read, Jesus passed out a few endearing labels. Now, I mean endearing like hypocrite. You know, he, Jesus wouldn't have done well running for president because he really, he really wasn't very politically correct. So even in this, he's like, you hypocrite. He calls people dogs. He calls people pigs. You can't call somebody a pig without making some sort of assessment of their life. Some sort of judgment had to take place in order for him to refer to people as dogs or pigs. Even later in this same chapter, when talking about false teachers, he says that you'll know a false teacher by their fruit. So in order to, in order to make an assessment of a false teacher, some sort of judgment has to take place. So Jesus would have even been uh, contradicting his own statement if, this, if it ended on verse 1. So there's more to this, this, this message than judge not. So you notice I have judge not, dot, 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 right? Because it doesn't end at don't judge. There's more to it than just that. So I want to have a little fun today. We'll hopefully we'll learn a few things. I want to, I'll just give you the three points now. You can write them down. We'll get to them in a little bit. But uh, the first thing we're going to look at is the standard of judging. Standard of judging. We're going to look at the sequence of judging. And then the third thing, selectivity in judging. So standard of judging, the sequence of judging, and selectivity in judging. All right, so let's go ahead. We'll get, uh, we'll get started. I want to read the passage, and we'll just talk about a few things. So just bear in mind, Jesus did not prohibit judging. So we'll just start with that. So we're in Matthew chapter 7. 
verses 1 through 6. Judge not that you be not judged. For with what judgment you judge, you will be judged. And with what measure you use, it will be measured back to you. And why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye, but do not consider the plank in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, let me remove the speck from your eye, and look, a plank is in your own eye? Verse 5. Hypocrite. Here's where he starts. Here, here's, here's where he comes in with that endearing term. You know, you, you're wanting to make friends and influence people when you call them a hypocrite, right? You're not going to win a lot of friends calling people hypocrites. So just to give you a little background, this word hypocrite, uh, it comes from the Greek word hypokrites. And, and it literally was a Greek word that eventually made its way into the English language. In the Greek, it meant stage actor. It was a, a pretender. And if you remember back in the first century, and even before Jesus' time, when, when you think of the Greek and Romans, they would have the big stages and people would act out plays. And they would actually have a mask that they would wear, and it was a big mask. And within that mask, there was a actually a mechanical device in there that would augment their voice, and it would change the voice. And so you have this word, hupo, uh, hupokrites, which, which means hupo, which means under, and krites, which comes from the word krino, which means to judge, so that you're judging from underneath. And so, so, this, uh, so this word that meant stage actor or pretender or actor then became what we know as the word hypocrite today. It's, when we think of a hypocrite, it's what? It's somebody that what they, the way they act contradicts the way they state they are, or the way they state they feel, it's when their actions don't line up with their, their words. And you probably all know a hypocrite, right? Just look around. No, I'm just kidding. If you ask people why they don't come to church, why, do they, why won't people come to church? They don't want to be a hypocrite, or there's too many hypocrites in the church today. I'm not going there, just nothing but a bunch of hypocrites. Well, let's just get it out of the way. So be it. We're all hypocrites. So what? Let's move on. We're going to learn. So Jesus says, you hypocrite. He says, first remove the plank from your own eye, and then you'll see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Do not give what is holy to the dogs. Here he goes again. Or cast your pearls before swine, lest they trample them under their feet and tear you into pieces. So the issue that Jesus is talking about, the issue is not judging. The issue is actually hypocritical judging. So what he's dealing with here is he's dealing, next slide, he's dealing with people that not, it's not just that you're judging, but you're judging hypocritically. You're judging from the standpoint of, hey, let me tell you how to do it, but, you know, that doesn't apply to me. Or do as I say, not as I do. We all heard that, right? So we got to learn how not to judge hypocritically. So why do people do that? Let's go to the next slide. What, why, do, why do people judge hypocritically? Well, there's a few things here. We'll look here and I'll look also at Luke chapter 6. But what Jesus say? He says, why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own? Well, it's pretty hard to see a speck of sawdust, right? You really got to be looking for it. Right? But what do we do? Right? And if I got this big old plank sticking out of my eye, 
I really got to look hard to find something in your eye. Right? So here's what we do. We walk around hypocritically. Oh, wow, look at Kristen. I see a speck in her eye. Uh Uh-uh, there's Pastor Jay. There's about 57 specks in his eye. (laughs) So what do we got to do? We're so intent on finding that speck. See, a speck's not obvious to to the natural eye. It's real little. Matter of fact, think about this. A speck and a plank are both made of the same same stuff. Where does a piece of sawdust come from? It comes from a plank. But see, here's what we got to do. We we go around with this microscope. Oh, my gosh. Look at that. Wow. Woo. Because you know what happens? When I start to make your sin and your issue the focus here, guess what it draws the attention away from? This big old plank right here. Because if I can get you looking over here at this. See, some people think it's their spiritual gift in life to be on a sin hunt. Oh my gosh, I'll say that again. My spiritual gift is hunting down sin in people's lives. Right? There's the light. Yeah. Oh my goodness, look at the sin. Oh boy, all kinds of sin here. Right? It's like, anybody ever do that geocaching on your phone? Phil, Phil Kuyper, I know you have. Here it is. You're going around, going around, going around. I see them getting hot. There's sin in the camp. Oh, there's got sin. Oh, got some more sin right there. Oh, I just collected another gold coin of sin. See, we go around geocache sin and these little specks while we're going around drawing attention away from the very thing in my own life. Hypocritical. But some people do it. You know, I think some people judge other people's sin sometimes because they're jealous that somebody else is getting away with something they're not getting away with. You know, when I did that, I got caught. I went to jail. I got a spanking. I got my car, whatever, got my car taken away, lost my license. But there he is, out drinking and driving. There she is, out running around. Nobody's catching her, so I better shine the light on that one. See, sometimes we're just jealous of somebody else getting away with something we never got, we didn't get away with ourselves. Sometimes, in Luke chapter 6, next slide. It says, can the blind lead the blind? Will they not both fall into a pit? You know, sometimes you're just blind to your own sin. You know what? The thing's so big in my life, I can't see it. Think about when the Pharisee and the tax collector both go to the temple to pray. Sometimes you're so self-righteous, you can't see the sin that you're in. That Pharisee, what did he say? He says, God, I thank you that I'm not like other men. I'm not like a thief or an evildoer or an adulterer or even like this tax collector. And what the tax collector say? He says, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. He said, one of them went away justified. See, sometimes you're just so, you got such a, there's just so much self-righteousness. You can't, you can't see the forest for the trees. 
See, the thing is that it doesn't matter if you have a log or if you have a speck, both cause blindness. So you're like, well, my speck isn't that big of a deal. No, but you get a little speck of dust in your eye, and guess what? You can't see. So at the end of the day, it doesn't matter how little that sin is, it still is going to end you up in the ditch. So he says that they're both blind. He says, can the blind lead the blind? So the guy with the plank or the guy with the speck, you're both blind. You're both going to end up in a ditch. So don't think that just because yours is little, it's not a big deal. It is a big deal. Or he goes on to say, he says, the student's not above the teacher, but everyone who is fully trained will be like their teacher. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own? Sometimes it's just a, it's a training issue. Sometimes you don't know what you don't know. Sometimes you got a plank in your eye, but you don't even know that it's a plank. Right? Nobody told me that this was wrong. Nobody told me I wasn't supposed to judge. Nobody, I didn't know. So the idea is that as we mature in Christ, we become like the teacher. And eventually we'll be able to judge the way Jesus judges. So sometimes it's not, not a, uh, it's just a lack of education. It's not you're illiterate, you're just undertrained. So that's what we're going to talk about today. How can we train, how can we get better at not judging people hypocritically? Because maybe, maybe you do just want to go around and be on a sin hunt. Maybe that's you. Maybe that's your spiritual gift. Man, I'm going to call out the sin in people's lives today. Maybe you're just blind to the fact that you got an issue. Maybe you just don't know. Maybe you're untrained, unlearned. Well, there's hope. There is hope. Doesn't matter what issue you got. So here's the thing. Let's go to the next slide. Here's the goal. The goal is not to abstain from judging altogether. Because what happens a lot of times, people read this, and it says, judge not lest you be judged. Like, well, I don't want to be judged, so I'm not going to judge. And that's the wrong posture too, right? Because Jesus wants us to do judging, but do it in the right way. So it's not that we're to abstain from judging, but we're to judge righteously and we're to judge with authenticity. So if you think about being a hypocrite, it's being false, it's saying, talking out both sides of your mouth, it's saying, do what I do, do what I say, not what I do. So there's an authenticity, there's a rightness, there's a, there's a humility that comes with judging people the right way. And if we're going to do what Jesus wants us to do, then we need to learn to do it the right way. So here's what happens when it comes to building a house. See, a lot of people are like this, with the speck and the log. Let's put it in terms of buildings. We're talking about building a solid foundation. When I build my house, I get real good at letting you know that, hey, your house needs some new shingles. But at the same time, i got a big crack in my foundation. So what we want to learn to do is deal with the crack. Make sure our foundation's solid before we go inspecting somebody else's house. All right, so here's the question. When, so this authenticity has to do much more with attitude and motives. So the question you gotta ask yourself, am I being compassionate in my judging or am I being critical? Am I trying to help the individual or am I trying to hurt them? Be real simple. Compassionate judging is helpful. Critical judging is hurtful. 
So if I'm going out to judge somebody, if I'm going out to judge Pastor Jay, and my intention is to tear him down, guess what? That's not right. The only purpose for me wanting to judge somebody is to build them up. Hey, I want to see you be successful. I want to see your foundation strong. I want to see you build a house and a life that's going to last. I'm not trying to tear your house down. All right, so let's, let's get started the first couple of things. We're going to get into this. Let's go to the next slide. Here we go. Standard of judging. So by the standard you judge, you will be judged. And by the measure you use, you will measure. I can't read. And the measure you use will be the measure you receive. So Luke says this, adds a little bit to it, kind of blows it up. Luke, in Luke chapter 6, verse 38, a lot of times we hear Luke 6, 38, and talking about giving. When people say give, and it will be given to you, uh, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, men will put in your bosom. Anybody ever heard that as far as giving goes? That verse is in context of, of judging. Because Luke starts out in Luke chapter 6, verse 37, he says the same thing. He says, judge, and you will not be judged. Can, don't condemn, and you won't be condemned. Forgive, and you'll be forgiven. Give, and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will men give into your bosom. For the measure you, be, will you use will be measured back to you. So in context, that verse is talking about judging. It's not really talking about giving, although we can apply it to that. The point here that Jesus is making is you reap what you sow. Right? The question you got to ask is, how do I want to be judged? If I got an issue in my life, how do I want somebody judging me? See, too often we want to give out condemnation, but we want to receive grace. See, if you want to get grace, you got to give grace. If you give out condemnation, guess what you're going to get? You're going to get condemnation. If you give out forgiveness, guess what people will extend to you? Forgiveness. See, you get to choose the measuring scoop. You get to choose the standard and the stick that you get measured by. So i got to ask, how do I want people to judge me? Well, I guess if I would say it, I want to be judged not. Right? I don't know anybody that wants to be judged. But if you got to be judged. So the first thing is, i got to think like, okay, if somebody's judging me, how do I want to be judged? I think the first thing that comes to mind is Jesus in John chapter 7, verse 24. I'll give a little context to this. Jesus is teaching. It's the Feast of Tabernacles. It's kind of like the end of his, his ministry. And, and, and the Jews are arguing back and forth. Some people say, hey, this guy is a scholar. Other people say, this guy's a deceiver. And they're arguing back and forth. And, and the argument the people that are saying he's a deceiver, they say, there's no way this guy can know the law the way he does because he's never been taught. And Jesus' answer to them is, don't judge by mere appearances. Don't judge by merely what you see. See, don't we all want people to judge us beyond what they can just see on the surface? Don't you want people to take into account the circumstance you just came out of? Don't you want people to take into account the way you were raised? Don't you want people to take into account the heartbreak you just went through? 
Don't you want people to take into account that maybe you're just a new Christian, maybe you don't know? See, I don't want people to judge me just for what they see. I want them to see my heart. I want people to judge me beyond the, just what's on the surface. So the first thing we got to do is we're going to judge people. I want people to judge me the way, or I want to judge people the way I want them to judge me. I don't want them to take into consideration my political affiliation. I don't want them to take into consideration my, my race or my denomination in church. I want them to see me. Don't judge me based on the external appearance. They may be right, but you may get it wrong. See, I, I think we've all been judged. Anybody been judged wrong before? If you've been judged wrong, I'll bet it's because somebody judged based on just what they could see. It hurts. I was asked one time to fill in as an interim pastor at a church, and I had somebody, we'll call her the old church lady. Anybody know an old church lady? Unfortunately, we got such a young crowd here, we don't have any old church ladies yet. But, oh, it's probably me. Kristen said, see, she brought it on herself. She goes, it's probably her. It's probably me. I didn't say it for once. Can we get that on the record? I didn't say it for once. So this lady took it upon herself. Of course, that was her job to call out sin in the church. She called me and said, you're, you're becoming the pastor because you want all the power. I thought, I run a company. Why would I go be a pastor to get power? You're doing it for the money. Like, I'm not getting paid. <laughs> I mean, just looks like she just kept beating me over the head. But she was judging externally. Like, hear my heart for once. It's not why I'm doing this. I don't even want to do it. Right? Like, anybody that's been a pastor, you know what I'm talking about. Like, if you're not called, it's awful. And if you are called, it's awful. Nobody's ever happy. Everybody wants to pick and complain. But I love it. I wouldn't do anything else. Go beyond the appearance. The other thing I think is important, when, if, I, if I think about how do I want to be judged, what standard do I want to use, if I want, I want unconditional grace and love. I want to be judged unconditioned with unconditional grace and love. What does Paul say in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verses 4 through 7? He says, love is large. This is what I want. I want you to be incredibly patient with me. It's gentle, consistently kind, does not traffic in shame and disrespect. Right? So when you're judging me, I don't need you to traffic my business out on the street. I'm already embarrassed enough. It's not easily irritated, finds no delight in what is wrong. It's a safe place of shelter. It never stops believing the best for others. It never gives up. When you're judging me, I want you to give me the benefit of the doubt. I want you to think the best of me. 
Because how often do we think the worst of somebody when we're judging them? All the time. But we want people to think the best of us. We want people to give us the benefit of the doubt. We want people to be patient and kind and gentle and long-suffering with us. But man, we want to beat them between the eyes when they're doing something. And our patients are about this long when it's them. And we don't have a problem. It's not gossip, Lord. I just want to tell you how to pray for so-and-so. And we traffic their shame and guilt. I want to be judged beyond the external. I want to be judged unconditional love. So Jesus says, if that's how you want to be judged, then that's the standard that you need to use on other people. Sequence of judging. Next slide. Oh, wait. Oh, right. Oh, let's read this. We'll call this the boomerang effect, right? Everybody know what a boomerang is? Anybody ever thrown a boomerang? What happens when you throw a boomerang? It's coming right back at you. There's the boomerang effect. This is the message translation. It says, don't pick on people. Don't jump on their failures. Criticize their faults. Unless, of course, you want the same treatment. Don't condemn those who are down. That hardness can boomerang. Be easy on people. You'll find life a lot easier. See, the boomerang can be good or bad. Uh, the, the only negative here with the, the message translation, it doesn't really emphasize the good. Because the boomerang can be a good boomerang. Right? You give grace, you'll get grace. You give forgiveness, you'll get forgiveness. It's just boomer. Whatever you give is what's coming back. It's sowing and reaping. You just got to be aware that whatever standard you set, be prepared for that one to come back. The boomerang. All right. Sequence. Hypocrite. It's awful quiet today. Hypocrite. First, right? So we got a sequence here. Jesus says you got to do something first, which means there's a what? Second, he says, first, remove the plank from your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. If I got a speck in my eye, and I go to Dr. Sean Rickers, a good friend of mine, what if Sean comes into the room like this? Puts me behind. Do I really want him looking at my eye? No. It's like, dude, you can't see your own eye. You're not going to look at mine. Like, if I have an issue, I want to know, but get the plank out of your eye first. See, it's just like when you're in an airplane. Anybody fly recently? I'm like having like, like, I don't know what it's called. I haven't flown for over a year. I'm like, I can't take it. But when I used to fly, you know when the, the, the stewardess gets on and the, the announcements nobody pays attention to? In the event of a loss of cabin pressure, an oxygen mask will deploy from the, the cabinet above you. Put the mask on yourself first before trying to help Others. 
See, if, if I'm trying to help, initially that sounds like it's selfish, right? But if I can't breathe, if I'm getting dizzy and disoriented, I'm going to be no good to you. So sometimes you got to take care of yourself first before you can help somebody else. But too often we want to, we, we just go gangbusters because we want to help people, but we're blind. We're blind. Jesus says, before you go grabbing the microscope, get a mirror. Right? See, too often, this is the first thing we go for. Ooh, 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 look at this. Uh-uh. First thing you need to do is look right here in the mirror. So it says first, let's go back to that. It says first, remove the plank from whose eye? Your eye. And then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. I just want to make a side note here. Your brother is not everybody in the world. It's not your brother from another mother. All right, this is talking about your, your spiritual brother. See, because right away, like, okay, I got the plank out of my eye. Now I'm going on a judging rampage. I'm judging everybody I can find now because I can see clear. See, Paul addresses this in 1 Corinthians chapter 5. In 1 Corinthians 5, Paul's addressing a, a sexual issue in the church of Corinth. A guy was sleeping around with his stepmother. And the church is overlooking it. And Paul says, you need to deal with that guy. And he says, I don't want you to have intimate fellowship with people that are living in sin. And he goes on to say, I'm not talking about the world. Because if you were to not associate with the world, the only way you'd get away from the sin in the world is you'd have to leave the world altogether. But what I'm talking about is, I don't want you to have intimate fellowship with believers who are openly living in unrepentant sin. And then he goes on to, he finishes chapter 5 with verses 12 and 13 that say, it isn't my responsibility to judge outsiders, but it certainly is your responsibility to judge those in the church who are sinning. God will judge the ones on the outside. So here I think a fallacy of a lot of Christians are, we want to judge unbelievers. Finish this sentence. Haters gonna, all right. Sinners gonna sin. If you've accepted Jesus, you're not a sinner. You're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. See, it shouldn't be any big surprise that sinners gonna sin. It doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out that sinners that are unsaved are gonna do things that are wrong. That's just, that's common sense. And Jesus says it's not your job to judge them. But what do we do as a church? I don't mean city reach, I just mean as as a global church. Well, let's go picket the abortion clinic. Let's tell them they're going to hell. They're killing babies. That's all wrong. I hate abortion. It's sin. But our judging is not to judge the world. See, how many people are you going to lead to Jesus out there holding a picket sign in front of the abortion clinic? Probably none. 
I'll give you one. You're going to lead that person to Jesus by hanging out with them, talking to them, living life with them, letting them see the difference Jesus has made in your life. That's how you win an unbeliever. You don't need to get out there and condemn the world. We love the world. But there's a responsibility of the church that if you profess to know Jesus Christ, that you've made Him Lord of your life, that you're now the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. See, sinners going to sin, but righteous people going to do righteous. And if you're righteous and doing sin, now i got a problem. And it's my responsibility, and it's your responsibility to judge it. But we got to judge it rightly. we got to judge it the way I want to be judged. we got to judge it based on not just what I see on the surface, but I want to hear your story. I want to see where you're at. I want to judge you with unconditional love because that's how I want judged. But nonetheless, the judging of my brother is for those that are believers. So he says, so how do we do that? Anybody ever get a speck in their eye? Yeah, we've all had dust in our eye. What do you, you want, you want somebody to put their big old mug, right? No, the eye is sensitive, right? I, like, you know, you like this, and you're like, Kristen, look at my eye. Okay, look left. No, don't touch it. Don't touch it. Right? I'll just get some water and rinse it out. Because the eye is sensitive. So just because we uncover something in somebody's life doesn't mean we go in and deal with it, like, in a way that's really going to cause them more pain. I love how Galatians, Paul says in Galatians chapter 6, verse 1, because it really applies to this. He says, Brethren, if, if, if a believer or another person is overtaken in a fault or a sin, those of you who are spiritual restore such a one in a spirit of humility. Oh, I got a different version up here, sorry. <laughs> You're probably like, what's he saying? Uh, the Living Bible says, Dear brothers, if a Christian is overcome by some sin, you who are godly, Get this, Gent, say this, gently and humbly, right? The gently is for them. The humbly is for me. Why do I need to be humble when I'm dealing with somebody else's sin? Because the next time it might be me, right? So when we go dealing with sin in somebody's life, we don't do it with arrogance. We don't do it with self-righteousness. We do it with humility. Because, hey, I, it might be me next time. I might have the speck in my eye next time. See, I love this. This It doesn't say it here, but the word where here where it translates, help that person back on the path, that's the word restore. It means to restore somebody. Well, the word restore is also the word that Jesus used when it says he, when, when he called his disciples, they were mending their nets. That's the exact same word. So here's the thing. Just because you have an issue in your life, and when you get restored, you get your, met, your net mended, doesn't mean you're useless. You still serve a purpose. See, that net that gets a tear in, it just needs a little fix. But it still is a net. It still has purpose. You can still be used. It's just a blip on the screen. So I'm going to work with you gently. I'm going to work with you humbly. Me first. 
You second, gently and humbly. All right, let's finish up. Next. Get this. What are we going to get first? I'm going to get a mirror before I go for the microscope. All right, last thing. So we got the standard. I want to judge others the way I want to be judged. I need to be aware of the boomerang. Secondly, the sequence of judging is I take care of my own issue first before I even think about dealing with yours. And finally, selectivity in judging. You got to use some discernment. Not everybody's buying what you're selling. Right? We think everybody wants to hear what we got to say. Well, they don't. What's Jesus say? He says, don't throw what is holy or sacred to the dogs. Don't throw pearls in front of swine, or they'll trample them and turn and do what? Tear you to pieces. See, so if you think, hear this verse, what's it mean to throw pearls to swine? Well, in the bigger context of the Bible, it's just saying, hey, don't share the gospel of the kingdom with people that don't want to hear it. So if you think about when Jesus sends the disciples out, he says, when you go into a house, uh, if they receive you, or if they don't receive you, leave that city, shake the dust off your feet, and go to another town. He said, if they don't want to hear what you've got to say, shake it off and move on. So the broader context of, of the Bible is, it's talking about the gospel of the kingdom. In context of this small piece of scripture, it's talking about judging other people. See, not everybody wants to receive the help that I want to bring. Not everybody, you're like, well, I got, uh, I'm using love, I'm using grace, I got the issue out of my own life, now I'm going to my brother. Well, guess what? Brother ain't looking for help. And Jesus says, don't throw your pearls in front of swine. If he wants to be a swine, let him be a swine. If she wants to be a dog, let her be a dog. Like, too often we just like, Man, I just got to keep beating them and beating them and beating them. Sometimes you just got to shut up and live your life in front of them and let Jesus take the word that you already spoke and start working on it from the inside. Sometimes we just got to do this. Proverbs says a dog will return to his own what? Vomit. Just like a fool returns to his folly. Some people don't learn. Peter says the same thing, 2 Peter 2.22. He says, the, uh, these truths are true. He says, the dog returns to his vomit. And he said, a sow or a swine will return, what? Clean pig will go back to the mud. Right? Basically, Peter's saying, you can't put lipstick on a pig. Right? You can clean them up all day long, but at the end of the day, a pig's still a pig. So sometimes you got to use spiritual discernment on, hey, is this person wanting to receive the help that I'm ready to give? Maybe they're not. I wouldn't give up on, you know, the first turn down. But eventually you got to say, you know what? Let's call a pig a pig and spade a spade and I'm moving on. Next slide. Let's go on. Next slide. Not everyone with a specular eye is looking for a surgeon. You might have the answer, but it doesn't mean they're wanting to receive it.
There's three questions. Let's go to the final slide. I'm going to ask you these today. I want you to say this. Say this. Holy Spirit, what are you teaching me today? And I want you to ask yourself these questions. Am I judging other people the way I want to be judged? Am I judging other people the way I want to be judged? And if you're not, the Holy Spirit's going to tell you you're not. Am I judging myself first? Or am I always, am I always quick to judge other people first? And the Holy Spirit will tell you that too. Am I trying to judge people that don't want to be helped? Maybe God's trying to guide me to somebody else. So as we just, uh, we're just going to close with prayer today. I just want you to ask the Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me? What can I learn today? What do you want me to take away from this today? How can I become more fully trained to become like my teacher? Not me, Jesus. I'm going to become like Jesus. Holy Spirit. So we're going to pray today. Holy Spirit, conform me to the image of Jesus. Let me judge people the way I want to be judged. Let me always use love and grace. Let me look beyond surface. Father God, I just thank you today for your word. Lord, I know you want us to build strong houses, strong homes, strong lives, strong foundations. Lord, I just ask that we wouldn't be so consumed with other people that we look right over our own fault. Father, I just thank you, Lord, that you have made us righteous. You expect us to act that way. Lord, if there's somebody here that's not saved, I just ask that today would be the day that they would accept you. So I'm just going to ask that right now while your heads are bowed, while your eyes are closed. If there's somebody here today and you don't know Jesus, I'm going to be here after service. You can come up and say, hey, I'd like to be saved. Just, uh, just give, slip, if you would, just slip your hand up. You can just do it quickly. Nobody's looking around. Just put your hand up. If you don't know Jesus, you want to make Jesus the Lord of your life, today's a great day to do it. Any hands. Let's just close with prayer. Father, I just pray right now for your people today. I ask that they would be sensitive to the leading of your Holy Spirit that they would always walk in love, that they'd walk in grace. Lord, that they would they would love people the way you do. They would lead people the way you do. They would judge people, give people the benefit of the doubt when they do. Lord, help us to be more like you. If you need prayer for anything, I'll be here after church, after service. Otherwise,